Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, On Jordan's Bank, The Baptist's Cry. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord. Some ask, are they Elijah? Some ask, are they a prophet? But no, they are Zachary and Lars. Thanks for being here, both of you. We're talking about On Jordan's Bank, the Baptist Cry. Thanks, Mason. It is the third Sunday of Advent, and we're at the beginning of the Gospel of John, talking about um, uh, the the mission, the, the ministry of beginning of John the Baptist. So, uh, Zachary, tell us a little bit about On Jordan's Bank, the Baptist Cry, and why you selected this hymn for the day. Well, um, I chose this hymn um, because uh, the hymnal provides many different uh, versions of of what John has to say, um, because the lectionary does the same thing. So, uh, musicians over the years have said, we need more hymns for this John guy. He takes up multiple weeks of Advent. And... um, now, there's reasons this one might particularly work this weekend as opposed to last, but um, th- there is some comfort in this that anybody, any musician uh, choosing hymns or pastor choosing hymns or writing a sermon or whatever, who thinks they have to come up with something new, uh, you don't because the, the lectionary's given us <laughs> almost semi-identical uh, thoughts and texts in back-to-back weeks in terms of the, the major characters here. Now, uh, our uh, John the, the baptizer gets questioned a little bit more uh, this week, <clears throat> put, put on trial about who he is. But um, uh, anyway, um, we had to run to something for John again. So um, finally, where he ends up is the same place, right? The, the one who is more powerful than I is coming. And the first stanza does this, the Lord is nigh. So um, John uh, is speaking really finally that uh, we might know, as the first stanza says, the glad tidings of Christ. And um, so that's why that's why the hymn uh, exists. It was first written actually um, to be sung, just something to consider for, for everybody, um, as, a, as a morning hymn for the uh, office of laud. So we, we're familiar oftentimes with some of the um, offices of the church, whether Vespers or Compline or Matins or something like this. Well, there was lauds, which is also a morning service, and it was written to be sung um, on weekdays during Advent. So you could sing this leading up every day. Uh, leading up to the third Sunday of Advent, if you wish. Really? And yeah. <laughs> it was a morning hymn. And so, um, uh, and John the Baptist uh, um, was uh, a big deal enough back in 1736 that somebody thought to write this one too. So, um, uh, that's a little bit of, of the hymn's history as well. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. Um, tell us a little bit about stanza two and uh, if... Um, you know, if Christ has accomplished everything, then why are we praying for a proper preparation? Yeah, we talked last week about how preparation comes to an end. And so here we have a whole, well, a stanza at the end that says, let our heart, all our hearts prepare for Christ to come and enter there. It may be that it's not a 
entirely accurate translation, although the Catholics did write it. So um, th- they may be very interested in, in preparation of the heart and all this kind of thing. I think um, you, can, you can hear this actually in a helpful way because of what John, uh, John's words are um, in, in this weekend's reading. Um, and that is, he's there for, uh, to, pro- uh, to proclaim repentance um, of sin. And so John's work, um, finally to point to Christ, but also to say um, one is coming and uh, th- there is repentance involved here. That, that uh, I think I've said this in another context perhaps, but you know, uh, it's not as though um, God saw our condition one day and said, what am I going to do about that? I know uh, <laughs> that this just popped out of nowhere, right? The, the law is given, um, and and all of a sudden, our, we see our sin ex, ex, uh, clearly in this. And so, it's simply to prepare our hearts for the arrival of Christ. Um, it's not our actions, uh, our preparation, um, that, that makes straight the way of the Lord or prepare our hearts, but actually... Um, God's law at work in our lives that says uh, we're in need of this Savior. And so it's why, it's the only way I can figure out what they're going after in stanza two, because stanza three turns around and says, we hail you as our Savior. Um, All of a sudden, when we realize how um, uh, wretched our hearts and preparation (laughs) finally is in the eyes of God, can we turn around and appreciate what Christ has come to do? Our Savior, our refuge, and the third stanza says, great reward. Well, this is not a reward for preparing well, but it is actually a promise God gives. Um, From this standpoint, first in the hymn, it says, I think understood correctly, the Savior is the reward of sinners. Sinners that, the hymn says, will waste away in decay <laughs> without God's favor. Without this Savior, um, as, as Scripture, of course, points out too, all our righteousness are as filthy rags. Um, this is where, where we're left. Um, and so, uh, reward, though, also directly uh, a promise, uh, is also directly a promise from, from Genesis which God gives in Genesis 15, fear not, he says this to Abram, I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. So God's going to give a reward, but not on the basis of our preparation, but on the basis of what he's going to do. So, um, yeah, it's really hard to hear that that term reward is anything mm-hmm. other than like, uh, you know, you got second place in a, yeah. in a race and you got a reward for that. Um, but, um, but that the reward of faith is simply... Um, having a God, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not, uh, this God gave you a word, you have faith in him. And then the reward is that it's not, you got a gold star. That's what everybody, what sinners are always looking for. But rather the reward of faith is what he's, what God says to Abraham is here is your blessing. I, it's me, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so that's exactly, that's what it's saying here, right? Uh, um, uh, um the Lord is our refuge and our great reward, not um, sure. something else yeah. other than that, right? right. Um, that can come and inhabit our heart. Uh, oh, yes, uh, we want God to give us a reward rather than to God to be hmm. the reward. But that's exactly what the hymn is saying. 
Yes. And then uh, this part that has somewhat been narrative in scope, stanzas one through three, I would say, four turns to words of prayer. And when I first read these, I thought, well, this is sort of a lame list. If I were a hymn writer, <laughs> I don't know that I'd start with these. Um, it's nice. They're nice ideas. Um, restore the health. Um, make us rise to fall no more. Um, uh, stretch forth your hand. Uh, let your face shine upon us. Sort of sounds like the benediction. That's kind of nice. Um, but they're odd words for Advent in some ways. Um, maybe relevant to those who are in a doctor's office and need specific healing of some nature. But are these the best kinds of things we can pray for? Well, in one sense, um, I like the way one person described what's going on here. Um, that when Christ comes in the flesh, he does these things. He heals those who need to be healed. He raises uh, the dead. Um, Lazarus comes to mind um, uh, and others. Uh, finally, though, when Christ returns, and if you understand this in the, in the sense of Advent, at Christ's return, um, sin is removed, the need for healing uh, is no longer, and we're actually raised uh, new um, in this way. Now, you can say this in the present, of course, too, and we do during Advent, but um, this prayer is uh, both one for uh, right now and one for what God has actually promised to do, um, rather than sort of a random list that somebody wrote uh, to be sung in the morning. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I got out of bed <laughs> oh, and my knees and my hurt. Knees hurt. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, exactly. come and touch my knee. Yeah, yeah. My bursitis is hurting. You're killing me today. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it just seems uh, it, they're really great words. And then I thought, okay, the last uh, part of that stanza, um, which says, let your face upon a shine, fill the world with love divine. Um, what is it that we want to shine uh, on us uh, God's face, God's light. This weekend's text, um, as it chops up the Gospel of John, um, says John was not the light, but came to testify to this light which shines. And so there's something nice about stanza four connecting to the one to whom uh, John comes to point uh, and and um, and prepare folks uh, to receive. So, um, uh, I, I, I find it helpful in the context of John the Baptist as well as this weekend's reading. And then the, the final stanza, of course, is one of praise, a Trinitarian stanza, as they often are. But um, if we're curious about what to do week after week with similar texts, um, it finally tells us um, when Christ arrives, um, this means our freedom has been won uh, completely. And, uh, and so in that way, preparation comes to an end. It even has the word Advent in it, too. Which, it does, uh, which, it does. Which really ties together, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah.
Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary's stanza-by-stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend. See you next week.